Your attention, please, and welcome to an episode of Yap Chicago. We appreciate you hitting play wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at YapChicago underscore or on Instagram at YapChicago. Call us and leave us a message, 312-985-6006. My name is Edgar Perez. I am your host. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at EP773. Sitting here alongside, as always, Leezy. What it do, baby? It feels good to be back. Oh, man. What do you mean? We've been here the whole time. True. We've been here the whole time. Tell us about last week's episode. Last week's episode... (laughs) Talk some Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> some Russell Wilson, you know, the whole shebang. But, yeah, uh, we're back for another season. I'm, I just want to call this season two. I'm going to pretend like we did this on purpose. Um, we're a football podcast. We take summers off. You know? You know? We're like we're like school. Uh, summer comes and we're done. We don't work as hard as teachers, but yeah. No, no, no. But I meant like students. Like we, we're coming in, you know. We're, do, you, do you not respect teachers? Of course I, I do. I'm a pro-teacher <laughs> union. You know, make sure uh, everyone gets their supplies. And uh, they really are underpaid. They should be getting paid a lot more. But let's not get into that. Let's uh, get into the, the, the season premiere of uh, Yap Chicago, a new season. We're back. You might be wondering where our, our sponsorship came uh, or went, I should say, since I didn't bring it up. I don't know. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're, they're not here. They probably were wondering where we were the last couple of months, too. Um, but we're, we will be in communications, and we'll make sure we have a – a sponsor lined up for this season. Or if you're listening and you have a company that wants to sponsor us, uh, give us a call. Like I said, uh, 312-985-6006 or uh, EP773 underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, no free shout outs. We, we ain't giving shit out for free, you know? Nah, nah, nah. Unless I forget and I just give people free shout outs, which, which we do. We often. give shout outs a lot. <laughs> we used to, yeah, we're, we're back. We give people shout outs a lot. But yeah, since we're finally back, we missed a lot. We've obviously uh, not talked about the baseball season whatsoever we've just been away so now we're going to recap every game that happened since then to today all right game one <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's been actually a fucking heavy season uh for both teams um even though like mm. I-, I would say that because even though expectations were low for the cubs during trade deadline there was a lot of emotions involved oh so you want to start with the cubs okay yeah, yeah. let's let's yeah let's start with the cubs let's say the more of the meat for the White Sox. We have more shit to talk about with them. No, no. Let's keep talking about the Cubs. Sure. Fine. I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah, they've uh, they've underachieved this year, but we've all expected that. They're, what, 20 games now under 500, something like that. But uh, we all saw that coming. We knew that as much as they didn't want to call it a, a, a rebuilding phase, it's, it is what it is. You know, a lot of their star players left. Last year, trade deadline, this trade deadline, we thought we were going to lose two more key pieces of this uh, organization. Uh, but we didn't. They stayed. I don't know who fucked it up there. I have an idea of what happened. That was very shocking because I did tell everyone that was a Cubs fan uh, just to piss them off. I was like, you guys do know you're going to trade Contreras and it's going to hurt and it's going to be like last year all over again. And it didn't happen. And it's kind of a double edge because I know that some people were mad that they didn't get anything for him, expecting him to leave this offseason. Mm-hmm. And then others were like, oh, that just means that we're going to resign him then. Yeah, um, 
I'm in the camp of they should have traded him. As much <laughs> as I wanted Contreras and Ian Happ to stay, it made sense, right? For what this take emotion out of it, because I think the Cubs ripped our hearts out last year when they got rid of KB and Rizzo and Baez seemingly all on the same day. Um, that was them ripping the Band-Aid off, and you knew like it was over. They were going to start rebuilding from then on. And when the contract talks with uh, Contreras kind of stalled, you, I didn't expect them to kind of get anything done during the year, obviously. And you kind of expected them to move him. He's the, before the Juan Soto ordeal kind of happened, uh, it looked like Contreras was going to be the Padres' main target for the offseason. There was talks with them. There was talks with the Mets. And you thought that a deal was going to happen. And it never kind of really took hold. Like I said, Juan Soto kind of threw a wrench into all that. And I think by the time the trade deadline came around, the Cubs front office kind of held off too much. I think their asking price got too high for what they were getting back from Contreras. And most teams were like, uh, you know what, this is it's just not worth it. And that those deals kind of fell apart. And the trade deadline came and went. And the Cubs are kind of just standing there still with Contreras, still with Ian Happ. That Ian Happ one kind of confuses me. Well, I mean, they have another year of... Of control, right? Yeah. yeah, but you figured because of that, he would have been more appealing to some clubs, and he might have been. But again, uh, is this this is probably a case of honestly the Cubs just asking price was way too yeah. high. Yeah, asking price too high, and they thought that the longer they would wait, the more teams would get desperate. And at the end of the day, are teams really an Ian Happ away from winning a World Series? Not really. Yeah, no, he'd be a good piece now. Contreras, for, Contreras for is a teams. bigger, bigger deal, I think. Right. So even that, like that, I think the Cubs kind of fucked that part up. Yeah. And everyone's kind of roasting on them for the whole hugs in the dugout. And, you know, the long, the long ovations, I understand. No crying in baseball. Sure. The fans (laughs) want to give Contreras and have ovations for what they've done for the team for so many years. But the, the crying and hugging in the dugout kind of did that to themselves. Definitely. You can hug in the clubhouse. You can hug in the tunnel. Like it's. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, that's the part where it's like, okay, guys, like, we get it. Like, you're sad. Look, I'm not saying I want Wilson Contreras gone. But for what this season was already, it made sense that they were going to deal him. And I already come to grips with that because I... I, The Band-Aid was ripped, like you said, last year. Right. And I'm not one to kind of hang around with the... my putting my emotions into my thoughts very uh, too often, you so, know. I, I neither am I, and as a White Sox fan, it's weird for me to say, but I look at Wilson Contreras as your guys as Yadier Molina. He should. How dare you, sir? It's true though. It's better than Yadier. <laughs> he should. He should die a cub. Whoa, easy, <laughs> easy, <laughs> Like he. He should. He God should damn. retire a cub, <laughs> like how Yadier is. Retire Cub, yeah, better wording there, okay. Nah, I said what I said. <laughs> they can lower him down one more time. <laughs> but, but regardless, I feel like he should be a lifelong Cub, like period. That's I know it sounds weird to say as someone on the opposite side of town when it comes to fandom, but when I see Wilson Contreras, he, he's always going to be a Cubs player to me. doesn't matter if he does the rest of his time in one team. He's always going to be a Cub player to me. I feel like he kind of embodies the team pretty well. And in the past few years, he has been the only motivating factor for the team. Um, even when KB was here, when Javi, Javi Baez was here, when Anthony Rizzo, which was the captain, it still felt like Contreras was the person that was firing up the clubhouse that was kind of 
telling everyone, you know, quit your shit. I mean, I I believe what last year or the year before didn't Contreras get into it with Rizzo in the um, yeah. in the dugout? So my thing is, you know that he is he's the heart of the team. I would fucking bend over backwards and be like, hey, we know we're gonna have to overpay to keep him, but an overpay might make more sense. Just like it, it's kind of a New England Patriots thing. Where although they wouldn't overpay people, they know who they had to pay, and they would keep them. Yeah, Tom Brady would have some down years, and they'd still be like, "We're gonna extend him. It doesn't matter." Sometimes that stability is what matters, and I—that's the reason I say Yadier Molina. He's been like the bane of your guys' existence for fucking twenty years. Overrated. Yeah. Good. <laughs> but but just want to throw that in there. <laughs> but. Regardless, like I, I look at Contreras like that, and I know you said that they should have traded him, and you would have expected them to trade him just for the haul. But I think they should do whatever they have to do to keep him. Yeah, and I'm glad they. Obviously, the Cub fan, the Cub fan in me is is glad they didn't trade him. That he's not going anywhere, at least for the rest of this season. Now, Wilson, as well as every other Cub speaks very glowingly about the organization, about the team, about the fans, about what it is to be a Cub and his time in the city. And does that automatically mean, like, well, you're going to go hometown discount and he's going to resign for a more affordable price? I mean, he is 30 years old, so how how much long how much, how much long of a contract are you willing to give a you know 30-year-old catcher? catcher? So that's up in the air, which is why I thought that trading him was the right answer because if he's that... If you think that he's that willing to, to uh, if he's willing to stick around Chicago, why not roll the dice and get something for him and then try to resign him in the offseason? Because essentially you're going to be in the same position this year without getting rid of him. I understand that, and it worked with the Yankees with Chapman, right. uh, where traded him to the Cubs, got him back. Right. But that kind of backfired against the Red Sox with John Lester, the, yeah. the guy that kind of kick-drived your guys' start to the World Series. Um. So I, I I think it's it's kind of a tough thing to ask because although you are you you already have that emotional connection with a player with that city with that franchise, you still don't know once once they leave to somewhere else they might see like oh it's not all sunshine and flower freaking right. lollipops in the Cubs compared to somewhere else they might be like you know what I like this organization better at this and this like Rizzo and the Yankees exactly <laughs> compared to Javi and the Tigers right right or Javi and Mets no well yeah but you know yeah yeah he left to the that, Tigers that he's yeah. on the Tigers now he, well he fucking went for the bag let's be real <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean who could blame him but yeah, who's to say that Wilson wouldn't have made the, the or same. isn't going to make the same decision exactly but, but that's what I'm saying like you're, you're saying risk it for like the biscuit. Jed, what are you doing holding on to Contreras if you're one, you're running the risk of losing him? And there's no guarantee that he's coming back, obviously. And he's still, I know I brought up his age, but he's still, some team is probably willing to overpay years-wise, knowing that they're going to get a solid four years of the high-level high level catcher that he is. I also feel With like, his bat and his arm behind the plate. I, I do feel like he also hasn't been run down like other catchers. Like Salvador Perez, no. I feel like he... He's like 30. He's like almost the same age, I think 31. But he seems like he is a decade older than fucking Wilson Contreras. And I think it's because of the fact that when he came into the Cubs 
think he's 32. Yeah. Um, I think when he came into the Cubs organization, it was the fact that they had Schwarber for a few games back there, that they had David Ross for certain pitchers. So that, like, mixture, those days off, kind of kept him fresh. And as opposed to some of these, I mean, he is an everyday guy. He can be. And he's good enough to be. It's just the, the fact that he didn't when he was younger may have prolonged his career for, you know, another year or two. And now with the DH in that now, like, it's... Yeah, his off day, can, he can still have a bet. Right. I don't know. It's There's too much value there for them, in my opinion, for them to, to run the risk of hoping that he just resigns in the offseason. Because if that was the case, you're going to have to overpay even more now in the offseason. Yeah. Will they do that? Or they could have just given this extension when he, when when they he asked for it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're crossing your fingers to hope that they could work something out before then. But, I mean, the month, what, season's over and fucking... A month. A couple months. So. Yeah. Yeah, so. And the other thing, too, is you, you started kicking it off by saying the Cubs have been... The, you can't even say they're underwhelming because that's kind of what we expected, right? Right. The thing that shit fucking sucks for everyone that is a baseball fan, tomorrow or today when the podcast comes out, we're going to have to watch the Field of Dreams game with fucking Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago Cubs. You're not excited to watch... Cut my mic. I don't even know who the fuck's fucking <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Reds, Cubs, in the cornfield? Field of games? Do you even know who's... Uh, field of dreams? Whatever. The movie sucks anyway. Field of games. The fucking movies blows. Game of Thrones. It's not, it's not a good movie. Do you even know who's pitching tomorrow? Of course. He's going to cut out this fucking time where he's looking Shut it up. up. <laughs> I'm not going to let him. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, fuck. I typed in RSPN.com. What the fuck? That's kind of my point, though. Like, last year, it was a, it was fucking hype with the Yankees and Sox. And maybe, maybe it's because both teams were... Obviously, the fact that they were doing better kind of makes you want to watch the game more. That game was the perfect fucking game that they could have had. And it's not even the fact that the Sox won, but the way that it happened were top of the inning they lose the lead and then bottom of the inning they get a, a home run to win the game who the fuck is nick lodulo <laughs> what the fuck who the hell are the reds rolling out the nick lodulo you would think should that, i know this guy you would think that they would at least go with hunter green or something right he's three and three on the season of 4.40 era they're ace <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck oh god you would think that they would go hunter green since he's younger since he's yeah. uh I don't know when he pitched last. I'm not fucking following Reds baseball like that, but, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I'll watch it for the spectacle. For more in-depth analysis, whatever. It's going to be It's <laughs> gonna be fine. Like it's Well, last year it made sense, right? The, the whole build to last year's Field of Dreams game, obviously it made sense. Cubs, Yankee, I mean, White Sox, Yankees, the, uh, like you were just about it. You were like you were saying, it was a, literally a, you couldn't you write up a game. It. Any better. They would have shut it down if you fucking brought that shit to Hollywood. They would have been like, it's too yeah. unrealistic. They're like, no, this is stupid. What do you mean? You build the field X amount of years and later. And came. And a real MLB <laughs> game. And it's like, this is dumb. No, we're not We're not reuniting this. But no, you're right. It was literally perfect last it, year. It was cheesy as fuck, but. But it worked. Yeah. Because even I was roasting it last year to but, begin with. But we were watching the fuck out but of we, it. But we were watching <laughs> it. And then it ended up being a good game. We're like, holy fuck. And then you get the T.I. walk off. And it was just like. T.I. T.A. walk off and it was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) 
But how the hell does the MLB land on Cubs Reds this year? You've been bumping King in the, in the gym. <laughs> Top back. It's a banger. Yeah, how do they land on, on Cubs and Reds this year? I, I don't I don't get it. Like, you knew the Cubs weren't nothing. I mean, I guess they put the Reds in before they traded away their entire fucking team. Well, it would make sense for the Cubs in the standpoint of they have a big-ass fan base. Right? So that, so that part, at least you know that there's going to be a shit ton of people watching from that side. But the Reds? Like, yeah. It makes no fucking it, sense. It feels like the schedule makers were like, that's the only team that fits, I guess, compared to what we what we figured out. But no, the White Sox should be in that. If they're going to hold that, if they were going to do it again, it should have been the White Sox again. It, it should. That they should they should schedule them so they could defend their crown. That's exactly what I was going to say. In the cornfields. They earned it. Undefeated in Iowa, baby. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's do it again. <laughs> let's run it back. It could have been them and whoever the fuck they're playing. So it's like them and the Royals. Who cares? Like, Although the, the Cubs uniforms for tomorrow are pretty fucking sweet. I mean, I feel like any of those old school ass ones look nice when they kind of modernize it. Yeah, if that true. makes sense, they slap a little Nike logo on it, <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 like it's off white on purpose, not because you know it's dirty and they have to reuse the uniforms forever. But it's cream. Yeah. No, I off white. Right. My bad. Cash rules everything around me. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's been. A shitty season for you guys when it comes to actually watching the games and it's been i would say 10 times worse as a white Sox fan when it comes to actually watching the games i've probably watched way more white Sox games this year than watched cups games aren't they brutally frustrating even though you're not a fan um it, i do kind of uh shake my head sometimes <laughs> that's the things that i watch because i you know Obviously, we all know the hype around this team coming into the season, and it's, they just they haven't been there. Like sloppy defense, bad base running, like questionable lineups by Tony Larusa. It's 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 been a mixed bag of a bunch of different things this year, and you keep waiting for them to snap out of it. But it, it's just every time they get on a bit of a roll, they take you know one step forward, two steps back type thing. Yeah, and it it's been epitomized by all the injuries. Everything that's happening when it comes to that. Tony La Russa falling asleep in the first inning mm-hmm. is the best piece of broadcasting I have ever seen. It's hilarious. <laughs> Just because of the graphic showing that it's still the first <laughs> inning. Like, he can't even lie and say were, it was the ninth. They were going to break, and he's just, like, <laughs> nodding off. In the <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But it it's so frustrating because it's dumb base running. It's bad fielding. Even our star players, like T.A., was leading of the league in errors. Um, for a very long time. Once the pitching gets there, then the hitting falls asleep. Once the hitting gets there, the pitching starts to suck. It's it's been insanely frustrating, and it's crazy because even as of like two weeks ago, they were still like a top five betting favorite to win the World Series, mm-hmm. which is it shows the of the potential of the team. Where if everyone were to play in a perfect world and Everyone plays to their peak performance. They would be in the running, but it doesn't fucking work like that. Luis Roberts swinging at every first pitch. T.A. when he was before he died and fucking is gone for the next four to six weeks. <laughs> and that's that's the other thing. T.A. is has been trying to be the face of baseball for how long? I would say two years. And maybe I'm I'm saying it wrong by saying that he's trying to be the face, but that's kind of what. He's been he's been the mouth of the team, so that ends up making him part of the face. It's going to be who everyone 
right. kind of he's going to be the lightning rod, I should say. So he has all this shit going on with his personal life. He has bad fielding. He has had spotty uh, batting. Like he hasn't been able to buy a hit. There was even a portion in time where I believe he was over twenty one. He got a hit in a game, and then he laughingly asked for the ball as if it was his like first hit <laughs> in the majors. And that's how bad it was for TA this year. And now he hurt his hand in a crucial point of the season for us where yeah. we're we're winding down. And that's what we've been saying it. Steve Stone says it all the fucking time that it's a marathon. Everyone that wants to jump off the bandwagon, go ahead and go off now. He's been getting spicy with the fans, man. He does. <laughs> it's like uh, at the same time, man. Sony, you, you watching the games, man? Yeah. I mean, he don't get me wrong. He does bring. He does like question sometimes what's happening on the field or some of the decisions he's making. Like one of the two times that Tony Russo decided to walk someone when they're all when they're mid at bat. So <laughs> he he he'll point out some things, but at the same time, like he'll he'll definitely get on some fans for. For, for criticizing yes. the Sox too much, in it, his opinion. Yeah, I, I think what he looks at it as is the fact that people are jumping the bandwagon and they think that it's over when he keeps saying it's a marathon, it's a marathon. But at a certain point, we're back. We're just, there's less than 60 games left. We're still behind by a game and a half of first place. So my thing is they have to buckle up because they're losing to the Royals. They're losing 1-0. When he told me, I was like, fuck. There's no way we can make a comeback. It's <laughs> 1-0. We're done. But that that's the type of team that they've been this year. It's They get in these runs where they play shitty against shitty teams, which is terrible. They split against Oakland at home, where they should have absolutely killed them. Um, it, It's just frustrating. But even though Steve Stone says all that stuff, I think him and Jason Bonetti absolutely killed it. In that game that you brought up right now, where they walked, was it uh, Max Muncy? The second time was Max Muncy, yeah. So he he walked a player. It it was one two count or something. Walks him, and then the next person ends up hitting a three run home run. Walked him because he wanted to have a force out at every base, Mm -hmm. except for home. But whatever. Um, I think they knew how bad it was when the fire Tony chance started. And they literally didn't say anything for, I think it was like two, three minutes. And I'm not like exaggerating about like how long it was. They didn't say anything for two, three minutes. Mm. I think they kind of wanted to air that out and let it be and let those fire Tony chants kind of take over the broadcast. Yeah. Because they, they feel the frustration of the fans too, even though he kind of tries to minimize it sometimes. Right. They know that is not the manager that should be there for the White Sox. It does kind of... Uh play perfectly like you said it encapsulates the feeling of, of around this ball club not just from the fans but it feels like sometimes on this team like you really see no fire from this team like you said ta was has been that leader on the team the the, the team that's the, the person that sparks this team when it needs it and now like you said he's out four to six weeks abreu turns it on he's been turning on a little as of late but like we all know he's not necessarily the the vocal guy he's a he's more the the lead by example type guy and is it gonna be anyone else stepping up on this team? That's that's something to see. But at least you know you're 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 in a division where, as bad as it's been of a season where where that's been all year, you're a game and a half out. The Guardians and the Twins ahead of you guys, and both those teams are kind of it's it's all like this. It's it's almost like the same squad in the, these these three teams that are exactly the same, just fighting for 
jockeying for position. And there's a lot of games against the Twins coming up with the with the uh, Guardians and Twins against each other. They, I think they have two long series coming up in the in the next in end of this month and in September. And then they finish the Twins finish out the season against the White Sox. So depending on how things go, it's funny enough to say: Do, do you still think the White Sox have a chance in the, in the division? Realistically, like yeah. obviously they do have a chance, but how do you feel going into these next this next month and a half of baseball against those two teams? Always pessimistic, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. Realistically, like I know, yeah, no homerism as well as no like we're all drowning. I still, it's I mean, it's a talent based game, kind of. It's I think that they'll end up winning the division. I still do think that, like, if I if you put a gun in my head. I wouldn't say the Twins are a better team. Are they better run? Yes. Are they are the Guardians a better run team? Yes, because basically the way that the Guardians play is if the if you're going to pitch to Jose Ramirez, perfect. He's going to fucking get in 2-3 RBIs a game. If you pitch around him, everyone else is speedy on that team where they'll be able to make up the difference right there. Twins just execute. They've been that team for the past like fifteen years of our of existence, where they just are professional at bats. They get on base. They move a person over. Kind of playing small ball. It's not really like a crazy heavy hitting team, but it's a team where they do everything professionally. The Sox are. You said they're the same team. The difference is the fact that the Sox have insane potential but they just keep shooting themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. One thing can be bad base running, bad pitching, uh, slumping hitting for the entire team, having Larry Garcia in the fucking game every fucking day. Shout out. <laughs> called up our boy Lennon Sosa. These bitches lost Sosa. Yeah. I mean, home run in his first at bat. Or, you know, yeah, his first at bat after he got called back. My thing is hopefully they keep him in the fucking games. I, I was so pissed when they sent him down the first time because they brought him up for three games or four games, played him two of the four games, right, and then used one of his options to bring him back down. That's just terrible managing. Like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you send fucking Banks down, which they just did? Sorry, you got Larry Garcia there. Not true. The fucking goat. We should have <laughs> traded. We should have traded him straight up for Juan Soto. <laughs> like according to. According to TLR, he's, according to how they see him in his eyes, yeah, it's <laughs> a management sees Larry in their eyes. Jesus, which shout out, Lord, he had to fuck, he had to buy me a bottle because of our bet last year. Where he had he brought up the fact that he would hit two seventy and he ended up hitting like two sixty eight. Who did? Larry Garcia. Lord owes me. Oh, oh uh, yeah, Edson. Did he ever? <laughs> don't use his government. Man. <laughs> Come on, man. did he ever pay up? Uh, yes, I believe he did. So. Ah, there you go. So we're all we're all good. Squared away. We're all good. The, the, that bet squared away. Salsa's hitting bombs. And, you know, next thing you know, we got to run for the division, baby. You really just want to play the song again, didn't you? Yeah, I do. Shut up. These bitches lost. Wait, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm carefully watching this division also because I have some financial interest. Um, On everyone but the White Sox. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, it's because at the beginning of the year, they had stupid odds to win the division. I think it was like what, like minus two hundred or minus one eighty. Yeah, they're definitely the favorites, the heavy favorites to win a division. So I obviously sprinkle money on the Twins mm-hmm. when the Korea news happened, and it was a big number. So I, I do some change at it, and uh, 
it's funny. You look at every other division and the leaders up, you know, 10 games 10 at games. this point, And now you're just like, fuck, man, I'm going to literally sweat this out until the fucking end of the season. This, yeah, this, this and the is e- terrible. And the NL East are like the only divisions that are close. Yeah. And at the trade deadline, we didn't do shit. We didn't do jack shit. We could have used fucking hat. We have no lefty bats that are of any value. We'll trade you guys, Larry Garcia. He could play every position. I'm good, man. No, no, no. <laughs> Play every position for you. No, no, no. I'm fine. But we we could have used Hab. He's an outfield, out, a real outfielder, which we need. We have fucking Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets playing in the outfield. They're both first basemen or DHs. Your entire squad's DHs, let's be honest. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, Yon Mercado is good at third base. He's good. Defensively, sure. Has been great offensively for like the last year and a half. He's been heating up. Eh. Eh. Man, play the fucking song. <laughs> I was talking about Yo Mankata song, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't have the Yo, the Yo Mankata song. I should really get this that one. Yeah, I forgot I forgot about that. Actually. Every, Him and, and the Romper. Fucking yeah, every time out. he hits a home run on Twitter, I put play yeah, the song. That's true. Play the goddamn song. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Hey, man, enough about the White Sox, man. I'm done talking about this fucking bum-ass squad. And now another bum-ass squad. Another bum-ass squad, apparently, for, according to the rest of the media, the Chicago Bears. Da Bears. I have a... I have a bone to pick with you. I have you. a bone to pick <laughs> with the, all the media that's uh, really down on the Bears. Now, I understand the position groups aren't the most impressive. <laughs> Right, great start. Okay, they're not, they're, not, they're, not, they're not the best on paper. All right, but oh, but we got heart. A, a couple of the things that they needed to address, they did. Now they didn't make huge splashes in terms of uh, the offensive line, but I don't agree with anybody that says that they didn't do anything to address protecting Justin Fields. Right? They they've even signed a couple of offensive linemen recently. Right. I mean, they brought in Riley Reeve. Essentially, they, he was going to play left tackle, but turns out rookie Braxton Jones has been impressing a lot, and it looks like he has a stronghold, at least at the moment, on left tackle. So they move Riley Reef over to the right. So you have an experienced right tackle and a left, rookie left tackle. He's, he's a rookie, so he's going to make mistakes, but he's impress, impressing enough that the Bears are comfortable enough moving that veteran over to the right-hand side. They signed Lucas Patrick, the center from the Green Bay Packers, bringing over he's going to have an understanding of what Luke Getzey likes to call. So he's going to understand the proje- uh, the protections. He's going to know how to call it. He's going to know what to look for. So the only real question marks are the guard spots, right? So you have Cody White here at the moment at left guard, and right now they're trying to figure out what's going to happen at, at right. It was supposed to be Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. I mean, who knows what the fuck's happening with Tevin Jenkins. Which is weird because last year everyone was so high on his second-round draft pick grade. Everyone was like, he was a first-round first, first round draft pick value, all this shit. Yeah, that's Which, before everyone knew how severe his back, his back right. issues were. Yeah, it's crazy. Which was, that was kind of like, um, that was kind of like the, the, the hallmark of, of Ryan Pace's tenure as a GM, right? He always aimed for players that fell in a draft over injuries, right? And was hoping that they'd just get healthy enough so they could get back into form, and now they got a better value for their pick. But um, it wasn't an injury thing this year with with Tevin Jenkins. So apparently there was beef in the beginning of the camp with some of the uh, 
the line coaches. He didn't really fit their system or honestly, it's still really a mystery of what happened with Tevin Jenkins, but they addressed their line. I think so. And, and all the guys that were playing uh, on the line last year, they're still, they're still in the building. No. So, so your, your depth is there. Uh, the protection on Justin Fields, I expect it to be better. Um, not only because they did have additions to the line, but also it's not Matt Nagy trying to hammer down his system into Justin Fields, which I think was a big problem of what didn't go right for Justin Fields and the Bears last year. It was he had no protection because Justin because Matt Nagy didn't like changing offenses to his players for it, some weird. It was reason. his system or nothing. Exactly. We saw it with Mitch. We saw it with Andy Dalton. We saw it with Justin Fields once they made the switch. So the additions to the line comboed with what I hope is a competent offensive play caller in Luke, Luke Getze. I think it's going to be a better showing offensively. Now, the part where they are going to be struggling is the wide receiver group, <laughs> right? You got Donald Mooney, and, and seemingly that's pretty much it. Nikhil Harry, we don't know how long he's going to be out with the high ankle sprain. Byron Pringle currently has a quad injury, which you hope doesn't linger into the beginning of the season. Uh, and after that, Thin. who are you throwing the right? Who are you throwing the ball to? Tajay Sharp. Fuck yeah, he's our savior. <laughs> I might buy his jersey. Uh, it's iffy. So I mean, the receiving, the receiving, the wide receiver group isn't 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 uh, isn't pretty to look at right now. You hope to have a bigger year from Cole Komet. Um, that's the and the running game is going to be solid. Uh, it, they, they won six games last year under Matt Nagy's bum system. Do you think that they're going to win six games this year? Yes, six games. Yes, I'm I'm projecting six wins, just right above them to clear the five and a half. Uh, over under wins for the season. Worst case scenario, four or five wins. Is shit just blows up. Four or five wins. I'm expecting six, maybe seven. Best case scenario, eight wins, eight nine wins. I'm not saying they're a double digit team. They're a double digit yeah, win team. Nah. I'm not that high on them. I, I I understand the flaws of this roster, but I just don't think that they're going to be as incompetent offensively as they were last year. It's very scary because everything you noted when it comes to the offensive line help, makes it seem like they are investing to help in Justin Fields. But I feel like the lack of weapons that they put around him is kind of scary to me in the fact that he was part of the last regime, right? Mm -hmm. So I think they may not be 100% sold on him. I know it sounds like weird to say, but I feel like if they were, they would have done something. Julio Jones was cheap. Yeah, but that would. He's not going to answer all the all the problems. But but it, is Julio going to come here for the same amount of money instead of going to Tampa? Oh no, 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 absolutely not. But <laughs> but like what I'm saying is they could have easily given him more money. My thing is it's what they didn't do is says more than everything else. It's the fact that they didn't bolster that wide receiver group. I mean, I could be reading it wrong where they're like, hey, we think Justin Fields is so good that he can pass it to you and me. But I, I no. think it's I think it's the opposite. I think it was more just cap issues than it was them really not wanting to target wide receivers. It could be that. But it. my thing is when, especially like, unless they are wise beyond their experience, which it totally can be, most of the time I feel like these GMs, when they get a job, they want to, say, hey, that ain't my quarterback, 
so that they can buy themselves more years because it's about self-preservation in those jobs. Right. Uh, or be all in on the quarterback that they get and be like, hey, we're going to give you all the weapons that you can ask for, and if you fail, you're failing. Yeah, which is probably the better approach. Right. That it's, would make them it would make, it would make the more sense for them to think that way, you know, because Justin's still obviously on the rookie contract. He's, he's second year into the league. It's not like he's, you know, it's not like this is his third or fourth year into the league and you're really stuck with him. You've seen enough of him to really gauge what he is as an NFL quarterback. I mean, I, in my eyes, this is rookie. This is his real rookie. Year? This is Justin Fields' rookie season. I mean, he got thrown to the Wolves last year. It's good that he got some experience, got his ass beat a little bit, saw what it was to play in the NFL. But this year and this process is what should have happened last year, right? Going to training camp, have the offense be built around him, Over get all the people, get all the practice reps. <laughs> That's what it should have been last year for Justin, and it wasn't. We were fucking around with the Andy Dalton shit. You were saying hi to him on the street, pulling up oh, next yeah. to him. Like, for some reason. He was driving a Volvo, everyone. They wanted that experience <laughs> in, the, in, in, the, in the quarterback room, I guess, whatever. But everyone knew that the clear answer was for Justin to take the keys and just dive headfirst into the NFL. But he didn't do that. So in my eyes, this is Justin's um, rookie year. Real rookie year. This is where we're going to figure out more about him. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, I would take the under on wins, though. I, really, I, you don't think they're going to win five, six games? I think they'll be, I think they'll beat the Texans, the Commanders, the Lions in one game, and maybe the Jets. Because the Jets are supposed to be better. Yeah, I mean they had a good draft, but I mean they're still the Jets. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> my the, my only hesitation with with because I originally I penciled that as a win. I, I saw that I was like, oh, it's a win. My only uh, uh, question with that is that is what week. Like eight or nine? Uh, no, we're more than that. That's really. Uh, it's week twelve. Damn. So if they do have talent on on that on that squad by week twelve, you would assume that they have gelled at that point. So that that makes it a little scarier um, than when you first saw it on the schedule. But like, is Atlanta scaring you? Atlanta is another more than likely win. Yeah. No. I mean. Our schedule isn't that bad. I mean, when it, when it, when they're playing good, I mean they're playing some really good teams, right? But they're also playing some really bad teams, which is more so what I'm counting on for the wins. Like I said, I'm not expecting surprise double digit uh, win record for the Bears. They're gonna lose. They're they're not gonna be good. But even including the the uh, Falcons, when you just stated, they're basically hovering around that like five win category, five maybe six. Yeah, because I mean this is how I look at it. First one is going to be Texans, Commanders. We're going to split against the Lions. Even if you give them Jets, even if you give them Falcons, it's five. Giants? You scared of the Giants? I'm not scared of the Giants. It sounds like you're scared of the Giants. But they can lose to the Giants. They fucking yeah. <laughs> finish Saquon's season. Saquon, Saquon revenge game Sa- in he, New York. They finished his season last year, and they still almost <laughs> lost the game. You remember that? <laughs> like, was that last year? Two years ago? Two years ago, possibly. I don't yeah. know. Regardless, it's <laughs> it's going to be a Saquon revenge game. No, but it, it, my thing is, I can see them lose to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, like like the two New York games, I am more apprehensive penciling it in as a win compared to. The Falcons, I think they'll beat Commanders, 
which commanders, who knows? Because remember last year, early on, they were like, this is a dark horse to win the NF- NFC East because of their defense. Yeah. What if their defense fucking kicks it back up to how it was two years ago? Which I, I don't think they will. But yeah, I'm not, I'm plus, still not sold. I'm not sold on. They have fucking Carson Wentz, so that's a, that's a dunk right. for us. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not sold on, on some of these teams and the quote improvements that they made. Uh, for me, I know everyone's high on the Lions. We also the Hard Knocks episodes and all the clips, but like it's just with them, they had that same energy last year, and they still they still only mustered up three wins. Now everyone everyone points to the oh yeah, but uh, whatever amount of games they only lost by you know single digits or whatever they they were in games a lot. That's most teams. Okay, cool, man. <laughs> you still fucking lost. Who cares? Like don't it's you know don't fucking tell me you almost won when you when you didn't. Like who cares? Like it's a win loss league and. And Jared Goff is their quarterback. Right, exactly. And I don't know if you saw that, if anyone else out there else saw that first episode of, of Hard Knocks, they weren't tackling well in those open field tackle drills. Just throwing it out there. Maybe their they offense can, is that good. They can still be ass. <laughs> no, no, I, I, fuck, I fucking doubt it. It's, just, it's, it it's, it's insane. I just. But yeah, I can, you can see the split, right? I feel like they have to see it. I, I have to see it. I feel like, like you have to. Right now in my head. Those are both wins for the Bears. Okay. See, I, I, it's not until that clock hits zero in the fourth quarter and the Bears lose around. Like, all right, cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Maybe the Lions are improving. But we heard all that shit last year. Like I said, three wins. All that talk about kneecaps and fucking one butt cheek, whatever the fuck he's saying this year, <laughs> three toes. Like, it's it's all talk. He Dan, Dan Campbell could do all the burpees he wants with his team. Like, it's, it's not going to phase me until... Until he's putting up W's. And the fact that he takes, like, a coffee with 18 shots of espresso. On That's crazy. No, yeah, not <laughs> that up. I remember when I read that, I was like, what? Get the fuck out of here. How does your heart not stop, bro? Hey. He's jacked, too, man. You seen, you uh, seen his clips I on mean, Hard Knocks? He, he had, like, 15 uh, years in the league, I think. Some ridiculous. Yeah, like some people stop, and, you know, they let themselves go a little bit. Dan Campbell. I mean, nah. obviously, <laughs> he's working out with his uh this, this team the entire time. He's putting in that work, man. I'll give it to him. All right. With that being said, you brought up the fact that it's crazy that he had that many espresso shots. Weren't you the one that said you took a fucking shot of a pre-workout before this? I, I did. Do you? Do you I just... took two scoops of pre-workout. I I don't. My pre-workout isn't like fucking. You know, fucking heroin isn't fucking <laughs> exactly. It's it's a very mild pre-workout. Uh, it's it's only like fifty milligrams per scoop, so I only had hundred milligrams caffeine. Say the name and then just beep it out. I'm bad. I know. It's a uh, it's optimal nutrition. You know, it's amino energy or whatever it is. But I mean, it's it's a very mild uh, pre workout. I don't I don't really I'm not the kind that needs to be fucking hopped up. I'm three hundred fifty milligrams of caffeine to go through a workout. Um, obviously, but do, but do you macro dose a pre workout throughout the day? No, just before. Just before podcast, okay. Just before the first podcast in (laughs) just before the first podcast in four months. I mean, you know, I was getting a little sleepy. Not gonna lie, true. It's been a while since we had to record this late, but uh, (laughs) you know, but but we're back. You know, I I I did it for the people, true, because I care. You know, I get emotional about this. I'm about to cry. You know what I'm saying? Jamal Williams knows what I'm talking about. Have some heart, please. Have some heart. True. Fuck. Shit, you're not going to have a heart if you keep taking pre-workout and not work out. <laughs> but you saw that clip from uh, you saw <laughs> you saw that clip from from Hard Knocks, of yeah. the, which is okay. Let's play this for the people because this is Jamal Williams running back on the backup running back 
<laughs> running back on the Detroit Lions. Breaking down the huddle. Let's listen in. Paul Williams, break it up. Bring it up, bring it up. Well, I let y'all know, man, today is the minimum of effort. Do not give up. Do not feel like you're tired. Were you tired? Think of last year and think of that record. Every time I get tired or I think I can't go no more, I think of that record. Last year wasn't it. That ain't us. We can make it. Have some heart. I get emotional about this. I'm about to cry because I care about y'all. Do your best. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Lions. Do you really fucking Lions. believe them? Yeah, that's what Lions. I said. That's what I said. They that was such a pitiful Lions Have some break. Heart. Uh, this would be more convincing. I, it's funny the reaction to this. Uh, on on Twitter was like, oh, I'm ready to run through a wall after hearing this. Blah blah. I, His players weren't fucking willing to run through a wall. I, I bro, they it's, were, they you haven't even played a, a game. <laughs> you haven't played a game. It's been all training camp, not even a preseason game. <laughs> I expect this kind of this kind of pep talk, like going into your first playoff game or something, right? Have time. You're, you're you're down by whatever. It's do or die. It's the playoffs. Let's fucking go. You haven't played a snap of. Preseason football. That just means they've been sucking it up. I get emotional about this. I'm about to cry. You're about to cry, bro. If I'm a teammate, I'm like, maybe that's why. Oh, chill, man. Maybe that's why he can't fucking read a hole because he's. You want to? You want to go to Top Golf or something? You need to distract <laughs> like, yourself a little bit. Yeah, what's man. What's happening? Yeah, that shit. We haven't started. Last year wasn't it. Last year was not it. Voice cracking. And this year is probably not going to be it for them either. Last year wasn't it. But it's not it's not for us either. Bears are gonna stink. And we you know what? We've been fucking downplaying the biggest news in, of the entire time. Hmm? Roquan wants out. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Roquan Smith. Oh man. Did the dreaded no tap on Twitter yesterday where he actually put something out saying, Hey, I actually officially asked for a trade from the Chicago Bears. I feel like they do not value me in this franchise as I believe they should. I Wanted to retire Bear, and I am going to speak to the owners prior to blah, blah, blah. I fully believe that Roquan Smith will be will have an extension signed and be on the field week one of the season. So do I. I think a lot of this... Uh, Posture? But yes, at this point, up to here, yeah. And, and it could get nasty quick from this point going forward because up until then, uh, it's been rather tame on both sides. Right, the Bears did Roquan. Uh, it's weird to call it a favor, but they put him on the pup list so he could still attend these meetings and not be fined for not attending practices or, or going to drills or whatever. But, but ever since he released that statement that he formally requested a trade, uh, now it looks like the gloves are off a little bit. You know, he he talks about the the contracts, how it wasn't uh, then the the management hasn't been negotiating. Uh, in good terms, but according to Ryan Poles, they have. They've been trying to make him one of the highest paid um, linebackers in the league. Now, I'm sure a lot of that comes down to some of the language in the contract uh, escalators, or I heard de-escalators at some point, someone say, but it could get iffy, and I think a lot of that is just the fact that he has no agent helping him through this process. He's trying to do it on his own, and I'm not sure how smart that is. Not saying that he's He's not capable of doing that, right? I I think he can, but it's it's very difficult. And in 
hearing different people that I know talk about contract negotiations, it can get ugly in that room. Oh, yeah. Because each side is trying to get the, the best deal, right? The the team or the organization is pointing out all your flaws. As opposed to you, you're trying to highlight everything. And it could get it could get a little emotional in those rooms from, from what I hear. And it, that's where an agent will be best in this situation because the agent's going to listen to all that, you know, back and forth, everyone dissing each other type deal. And at the end of the day, he's just going to go to Roquan and be like, here's what they offered. So Roquan doesn't have to listen to everything that the Bears are bringing up. But since he does, I feel like that's kind of fueling his decision-making when it comes to this. Now, if he did have an agent, he'd probably, in my opinion, he probably would still be holding in, which is the new thing to do this year, I guess. Uh, So I think he'd still be coming at it the same way. But I think it's 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 going to be a little tough to solve this problem if he doesn't have an agent. Because now I think he's just getting emotional about things. Completely agree. And I feel like the fact that there have been more players with no agents is muddying up the waters a bit. And the reason I say that is because originally everyone talked shit about Richard Sherman's contract when he um, signed, was it with the 49ers? Yeah, and then, the Snyder deal. Yep. And then the fact that he ended up making, I think it was an all pro team or whatever, ended up getting him a huge bonus. And of course, in Richard Sherman fashion, he came out and was talking shit to everyone. Like I thought you guys were saying that I was, it was a bad idea for me to be my own agent, but that's a one-off situation. Right. You bring up the fact that he's hearing every negative thing that they're saying about him. That's, that's kind of how the business is to bring up baseball. It's the same thing in arbitration meetings. Yeah. The weird thing about baseball is the fact that in those arbitration meetings, the player has to be there during the meeting as opposed to contract negotiations and every other sport where it's between the agent and the team, the player doesn't really have to be there. The player is getting the final say. It could be something like the Freddie Freeman situation where the agent doesn't even fucking tell the player. Right. But the agent is supposed to be there to be the middleman between the player and the team so that they don't get hurt feelings and the relationship suffers because of it that is not happening happening anymore with these players are doing their own negotiating and i feel like it's backfiring because they obviously they're going to think more highly of themselves than the team is and they're going to get butt hurt when Negotiations when, happen. When negotiations happen, they're like, well... When the nature of a negotiation unfolds. You missed these like, tackles, and that's the reason that yeah. these points got scored. Like, well, I have 10 other people on the field with me. Yeah, but they were missed tackles by you, if right. we're looking at stats or angles or whatever. And then he's going to be like, fuck you guys. Like, I, he's been... I mean, he's been the best defensive player on the team for, like, the past year and a half or two. Yeah. But that doesn't absolve and make him fucking... 100% the best player. So, that's the ugly part of being your own agent. I do still think that he's going to end up being on the Bears, especially because he's young. But the other thing, too, is everyone, whenever they go into like free agency talks, is trying to be the highest paid mm-hmm. next, whatever. Whenever there's a quarterback like fucking Kyler Murray, he gets paid this stupid-ass deal. 
Deshaun Watson gets the fully guaranteed two hundred and sixty million, whatever it was, and then they have all these stipulations in their contracts that they may not like. Everyone knows the Kyler Murray one where <laughs> he has to do four hours of fucking video. Or what it's video where it's with no other screens on or something like that. Yeah, it's like super uh specific video work, like that's not counting film work with your quarterback coach. It's like four hours of on your own studying with no distractions around. Yeah. Which is which, the weirdest Which they thing rescinded. Ever. <laughs> they rescinded, but Which is complete bullshit by the way. I, I it's oh, yeah. it's out there already. Oh yeah. It's out there, but at the same time it's like this isn't a, 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 a we wouldn't have put that in there if we knew the, the backlash. No, you you knew what you were doing. And this is all this all just screamed that Kyler Murray and his management were, were boohooing and at the fucking organization about how they embarrassed him or whatever. And it's just like But his agent helped him rescind it. Now he could play all the Call of Duty he wants. <laughs> and Modern Warfare Two's coming out in October. You know what I'm saying? They play the Vikings that week on the road. I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out it's, there. I already looked it up. He, are you writing this down as yeah. your uh, whiskey pick? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like week eight or ten or something like that. Anyways, back to Roquan. Yeah, but, I, I mean, he's been he's been the best player on the defense. So if he leaves, especially after trading Khalil Mack to the Chargers, it's going to be kind of shitty. We're going to be even worse on defense. I mean, I, I already think that we're going to take a step back, but. It, I mean, if the offense doesn't take a major leap forward, which everyone expects because of Nagy's terrible system and not wanting to adjust to the players, I, I do think that that will also rear its ugly head because those situations where it was a close game may not be as close. Those situations where the Bears won by a touchdown, maybe they lose by three points instead because of that defensive lapse. Yeah, the defense is a uh, is, is a question mark in there. I mean, you have a a talented but young secondary. You have a, a mediocre ish linebacker core. It's obviously a big help if Roquan uh, does start the season and, and stays with the team. You, we wonder who's going to rush the passer aside from Robert Quinn. Uh, can he repeat that performance he had last year? I mean, who knows? But if he does, that's only more. Uh, Fuel. That's only more trade bait that they can dangle for other teams. I, I'm surprised they didn't trade him this offseason because he's. I know they didn't want to do both Khalil Mack and him, but he's the prototypical one year off, one year on player. Like yeah. if you look at his stats, yeah, it's always one shitty year, one good year, one shitty year, one one good year. Like his first year with the Bears, he didn't do jack shit, and then last he year he injured. fucking killed it, coming off an injury. But okay, I mean he was on the field the entire time. If you're on the field. No, it doesn't always mean you're the same person as when you're. Oh yeah, absolutely. Kind of healthy, but well, you are looked at the same way though. Like if you're on the field, they're gonna they're you're not gonna expect it to. Right, right. But I'll, me, Edgar, the fan, not the organization. People running the organization. I obviously he was coming out that foot injury, so could have had a season to 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 get right, like a real off season to get healthy, and uh, we performed last year. And you can't say it was with Gogs because he had Khalil Mack on the side because Khalil Mack was hurt most of the year, so. Kind of that shit is all. But if he performs, uh, if he looks good on tape, whether he's getting to the quarterback or not, maybe his, his QB pressures are still there, uh, you could see him being gone at some point oh, this yeah. year, which is going to really hurt this uh, this team. And so obviously, if you can't rush the passer, now you're leaving those that young and talented secondary to kind of fend for themselves. And like I said, they, they, have, they have the skill there, but... Their first year, second year players, they're gonna fuck up. It's it's gonna get ugly sometimes. So I mean, they have the talent there for the future, but for right now, that that defense is whew, it's looking a little rough. 
Are you going to be watching much of a uh, of uh, the first preseason game of the Bears this Saturday? No, I don't watch. Is it Saturday or something? I don't watch preseason at all. But you no. know what I do watch now? Matt Nagy revenge game? Nothing? Does nothing for you? Nothing. Come on, Bears minus three and a half to the Chiefs. It's preseason. Come on, man! It's a juicy line. You gotta say Chiefs in the points, right? Who cares? <laughs> Mahomes is gonna have like one pass, and then that's it. It's just so dumb. Like there's nothing. It's funny enough. Aaron Rodgers said it either today or yesterday that you know, he sees no value in going in for three plays. Like I'd rather just fucking sit out. This is stupid. But she has a point. Yeah, definitely. Like, what kind of rhythm are you gonna get as a player? Yeah, you're not gonna get anything watching me turn around and hand the ball off twice and throw it once for an incomplete and then and plus take it off my helmet for the rest of the game. Let's be real. Teams already know who's, for the most part, they already know who are going to be the starters, yeah. who's going to be on the team. Yeah. It's the latter half of the roster that matters. Right. And that's who should be battling out there. Um, But something that we talked about prior to starting the podcast, F1 has taken oh, over your life. Greatest fucking sport. <laughs> Ever. And Maybe the, not ever. But, you know, I'm, I'm really into that Drive to Survive series on Netflix. If no one's watched it before, it's funny because you told me about this. How long ago? Forever ago. You told me about it a long time ago. But. But fuck me. It goes with our <laughs> brand with me uh, putting stuff aside whenever someone is hyped about something and tells you, bro, you got to watch this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it can't be that great. I'll watch it later. Then I didn't have a Netflix password for the longest. <laughs> <laughs> Finally cracked, got it. And, dude. If I have I have been watched the Drive to Survive show about Formula One racing, I just started season four. Push, 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 push. I just watched the Hungarian Grand Prix. I'm pretty sure it was a Hungarian Grand Prix that was that just passed a couple weeks ago. Anyways, they're into their summer break. Season picks up back in August, late August, mm-hmm. and I'm invested, man. I'm back in. I'm Team Red Bull all the way. Checo Perez, <laughs> Checo Perez, that's my guy. Not Max Verstappen, Verstappen, Verstappen. Hey, yo, where, where did that accent come from? I don't know where. Not Max. Not Max Verstappen. Fuck Max. <laughs> it's all about. Oh, well, he a beast. It's all about Checo Perez. Let's be real, he a beast. Yeah, he could drive. <laughs> He's got four wins this year. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm sorry, eight wins. So he, where I got four from. He, the next race is the uh, Rolex Belgian Grand Prix, August 26th, 28th. So we'll 20th. there. Damn, are we in Belgium? Maybe not there. <laughs> but brunch and F one, brunch and F one sounds sounds right to me. What we should do is push, push, box, 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 box. box. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has to fucking watch the show to even know what Please we're talking watch. about. This is super inside. We're just it's just me, you, and Gam and Lord <laughs> and Lord laughing right now that because we're just yelling push, push, box, 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 box. Oh, and my wife, too. She's really into it, too. We've been watching it together, and it's fucking crazy. I, I would say that is 10 times. Formula One, Drive to Survive, is 10 times better than Hard Knocks. Ooh. And this is the reason I say that. They make it way more personal. All, like, Hard Knocks will give you one character a year where you start to want them to make the team, right? Yeah. Typically. Yeah. Right. And then, like, last year they fucking hit with um, Diggs's son. Right, yeah. Yeah, so they, they just struggled with that, right? It fucking gave them three weeks of just fucking Instagram shit to put up. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, it'll be like one, two players that it's like, oh, now I hope they make the team. With Drive to Survive, it makes you more invested into the one-on-one stuff for this driver versus this driver. The team stuff where yeah, 
where it's like Red Bull is like, fuck you, Mercedes. And mm-hmm. then Mercedes is like, suck it, everyone. Come and suck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ferrari's like, don't forget about us, guys. <laughs> Ferrari's about like, the 70s were fucking awesome. <laughs> they might, Dallas Mc- Cowboys. McLaren's like, we got money too, guys. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you got no podiums. Fuck out my face. All that bullshit. Shouldn't let go of Daniel Ricardo, guys. Big mistake on that. Williams is somewhere over there. Yeah, they're just, <laughs> just trying to fucking hang on somewhere. But I, I feel that's... Look at us cracking F1 jokes <laughs> on the podcast. Who would have thought? Look at us. Look at us. Who? I think that's the reason that it's a better show because it, it makes you invest more in everything. Um, and it it's also the fact that the driving stuff is so... If you miss one fucking hair on a tire... Yeah. You're going to fucking, like, shoot out of the car and shit. If you lock up and, like, skid off track for a little bit, that's someone overtaking you right there. If you just bump off and you're into the gravel for a bit, like, that's that's it. That can cost you the race. If you buck, if you box, box, box too early, that's, that, that, that's, that's the race right there. Or, or too soft of tires, too whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, it's, it takes you in. It's not only, like, entertainment, for, like you said, for the storylines, for the drivers, and for the, for the teams themselves, but... They, I think they do a good job of introducing you to the dynamics of what it takes or what these drivers go through to drive. Boxing too late and too early, the different types of tires they have. It's just insane. And some of the stuff that that, that blows my mind is them just outwardly announcing when drivers are going to come back in the middle of the fucking season. That's the other fucking thing. That When, the, when I first saw that, I was like, hold on. Which the Cubs did to uh, Jason Howard. Hayward. Hey, yeah, but you don't normally see that. But it's it, it's... It's crazy. It's like it's like saying Tim Anderson announcing halfway through the year, I'm going to sign with the Yankees next year. And you have, you have, that's it. He has to go the rest of the year playing for the White Sox. But you know he's not going to be here next year. Push, push. Push, 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 push. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, that, that part is fucking hilarious. And that always happens like near the mid-end of the fuck or uh, near beginning of the um, season. Yeah. Because they want you to know like, this player is leaving, or this driver rather is There's going to be a seat open at. There's going to be a seat X open company, and then you kind of see the background stuff of other people trying to get that that seat, so on and so forth. I think it's just well made, and I think they make it more of me versus that person. So, like for the first yeah. few first couple seasons, I feel like they totally made it Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen, the outwardly like happy and exuberant. Lewis Hamilton versus the stoic I am a robot Max Verstappen and I feel like that's what they built it bitch <laughs> Shit, he's been fucking getting doves fuck that I'm still team Lewis Hamilton on that one but it, yeah that's it's just a fucking great show but I was gonna say September 11th we are watching the Pirelli Italian Grand Prix Monza 8am Temple of Speed we go. We, <laughs> we fucking watch that. That is gonna be the home opener for the Bears. Oh man! We just go throughout. We we just fucking keep on going. Yeah, if it's gonna be a long day of drinking that day. I think that's the first week of football. So it's like, yeah, we yeah yeah we watch that. We get a few brews in us. Play some bags. Play some darts. Get ready for, you get know. Some Popeye's tenders. Get the morning game going. Or a fills. Get the evening games going. Whew, man. Sunday night football. I'm sorry I'm calling off work. I'm calling it now. <laughs> Good thing you don't know. They don't know who you work for. Uh, true. But the people that I work Beep. for know I make this. Oh, damn. 
Hey, man. Don't fucking rat on my guy, Lee's. <laughs> fucking nerds. Hey, my manager <laughs> also listens. So. Oh, what's up, bro? I, you want to waive those Want to waive those fees? I don't. What? Yeah. I can't do that no more, dude. Oops. I'm not rich. Damn. Drive to Survive. Awesome series. Yeah, I mean, regardless, if, you, if you're not, I think it's a show worth watching for, if you're, if you're, if you're it's bored. It's a good show. If you're yeah. bored, you know, then also binge watch. Uh, watch three episodes and tell us if you will, if you like it. Or yeah, not. check out Drive to Survive on Netflix. Hurry up too because the season is going to start in a couple weeks again. And, and push, push towards push, zero push, remorse. Push, box, box, box. <laughs> and box, box on your couch. <laughs> and that's my uh, whiskey pick of the week. <laughs> I'm not going to do whiskey picks until football season comes along. I mean, I, we could do USC. Nah, nah, nah. But uh, nah, I think it's it's a it's a better segment when uh, we get some football, football picks. Let's be honest, that's our bread and butter right there. Not only that, it's I got bullied last year into uh, doing parlay. parlay. <laughs> <laughs> True. I got a lot of people in our group text saying you're you're a bitch for not a. For not doing a parlay this week, I'm like, <laughs> all right, next week five leg, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so so whiskey Bix will come back when uh, when NFL regular season comes back, or if there's a good enough uh, UFC line uh, UFC card that we can uh, bet. Or if you know some between good now up, and a couple weeks, if you know some good player props for the preseason, let us know. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, this has been another episode of Yap Chicago. Once again, I am your host Edgar Perez. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. At EP773. Lee's, where can they find you? On Twitter at Lee's922 and on Instagram at Elicio Corral JR. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at YapChicago underscore Instagram at YapChicago. Call us and leave us a message 312 985 6006. For Lee's, I'm Edgar. This is Yap Chicago. I get emotional about this. I'm about to cry. <laughs> Last year wasn't it. These bitches lost so, so, oh, and I know it. Fuck it with them old boss.